A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ben, please do the honors and pour us all a drink of scotch. Oh, wow. That was very, very satisfying. Nice. That was satisfying. Oh, that scotch looks mighty satisfying too. Sure does. That's it beautiful good too. color. It's lovely. It's Ben, kind of what are amber. we drinking? We are drinking Aberlauer 16 double cask matured. Ooh. Ian, uh, come in from the control room and get some scotch. All right. Cheers, Cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. All right. Let's get drunk and record a podcast. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Rational Security, the farewell edition. I'm Shane Harris, and as you can tell by the clinking, we are all together. Not in a jungle studio. It's much nicer than the jungle <laughs> studio. This is, this is real like a studio. swank studio. This is very good. Why didn't we have this from the very beginning? <laughs> but let's, let's actually take a moment to describe it, because somewhere out there, there's a person who needs to record a podcast and this is the Goat Rodeo Studio. Our esteemed audio engineer and the proprietor of Goat Rodeo, Ian, is in the control room drinking scotch, I might add. So, you know, if you need to record a podcast, uh, it's pretty swank down here. And they let you drink. And, and they do. <laughs> well, they let us drink. They let us drink. That I, I have to say, it. guys, I've only had one sip of scotch so far, so I know it's not the alcohol, but I'm almost ready to cry already. Oh, no. Yeah, it's just so Well, amazing. just drink some more, then blame it on the booze. It's <laughs> partly like being in a room with the two of you, recording the podcast yeah, in person. Yeah, because you and I have not been in the room <laughs> together at all the past year and a half. Who are you again? <laughs> it is at first time the three of us back together, which is, is nice. And it's a little emotional. It's a little bit like, you know, it is the farewell episode. It's going to be kind of like one of those sitcoms where they do like a retrospective of their greatest hits. Yeah, and, and we're going to, you know, we're going to be like the Friends people. I heard there was a reunion and that that was like, Yeah, oh. but, but nobody really wanted that. No. <laughs> we're not doing a reunion, guys, I promise. They did get paid an awful lot of money, I'm sure. Well, I, you know, we will also, of course, get paid an awful lot oh, of money. Oh, sure. For a, a huge percentage of the actual amount we've been paid for the show. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because. Because anything times zero is zero. Ben brought five whole dollars for each of us. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Well, on the podcast the week, this week, it's going to be a little interesting, a little unusual. We are going to forego our normal format of talking about the news, though it has been a busy news week. Um, but we are going to talk about uh, some of our favorite moments of podcast episodes past over the past six years. We're going to hear from some longtime friends and listeners we're going to share in a final object lesson. It's going to be a good time. So pour yourself a glass of scotch and walk with us down nostalgia lane or amnesia lane, whichever one you like. <laughs> yeah, amnesia yeah. might be preferable for some of you. Right, right. Uh, at the top, though, a note of congrats to one Tamara Kaufman Wittes oh, on your guys. nomination to run Middle East programs for USAID, right? Thank you. Very thank good. you. Very good. Senate willing. Senate willing, Please if God. confirmed. Um, which is terrific, and we're very proud of you. Uh, and we'll be working with the great Sam Powers, so that's also super cool. 
So it's probably worth our taking a moment to clarify the relationship between tomorrow's nomination and the end of the show. There was uh, a lot of confident speculation on Twitter that the that, show that Shane had been kidnapped by aliens, and that, that was why the show was ending. Sadly, no. <laughs> and that the show was ending because Tamara had been nominated. That's not quite true. And so let's start by clarifying that, that, you know, first Susan went into the administration and now Tamara is, which means that Shane, you and I had to decide whether to try to reboot the show with new personnel, having lost one of the original people from the the gang, and secondly, having lost uh, Susan, who was the the one long term addition that we made, and maybe talk a little bit about why you thought that was a bad idea and you know why I agreed with you. You know, I think that the comment I made to to you guys is that this is a show that. While people tune in for the content, there's also sort of the characters. And this is where I, a show that I thought that the characters actually were the secret to the show even more than the content. And that it would just be very challenging and difficult for us to try and rebuild what the four of us had um, with two of us gone, uh, right? I mean, the original rational security was the three of us. So that would be, I think, you know, you could yeah. do that too, right? But with 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 Tamara and with Susan going back in, the analogy I used was it's kind of like in your favorite sitcom where, you know, the main character leaves and suddenly they replace him with a baby, <laughs> right? And, like, the baby is coming and you're like, oh, now, like, the baby's cute and, like, kind of acts like the main character a little bit, but it's just not the same. And you know the show's gone around a turn and it's not the same show anymore. Uh, or it's like, you know, when a restaurant comes under new management and they change the menu and the format. It's not the same. And we just felt like we had a great thing going and, you know, it, we didn't want to try and screw with success. And it felt like the right time for that reason to, in part, to, to bring it to a close. Yeah. And I have to say, I'm going to reveal my generation here, but having grown up watching General Hospital and the, the ongoing saga of the romance of Luke and Laura, <laughs> <Yes>. which, <laughs> you're too young for this, Shane. <laughs> And, uh, and you know, Luke and Laura would go away. They would leave the show for like two years at a time. And then they would come back having been through the wilds of Africa and almost died and then were resuscitated. And, yeah, I just couldn't face that either. So even though it would have been in a way um, really wonderful for me to leave knowing that the podcast would continue uh, without me, I, I understand. Yeah. We could have also pulled like a Joan Crawford in The Secret Storm, which is – do you remember that? In 1968 when she stepped in for her daughter oh, to God. play her daughter. <laughs> yes. That's super, super creepy. Yeah, way creepy. <laughs> for reasons that are well known to her. All you mommy dearest fans will appreciate that. All right. Well, should we get on with it? Yeah. All right. So at the top here – well, we've done at the top. We're going to talk about our first segment, favorite moments. We had to search through the archives and think hard – about what was our favorite rational security moment. And we've each come up with one, and we'll play a little sound from those uh, thanks to our intrepid, longstanding, all-time producer and editor, Champadia Howell, who's going to fill those in for us. Um, Tammy, do you want to go first? Okay. So, I mean, the three of us before Susan joined it started this kind of as a lark, right? We had no idea if it was going to gain any traction, and now for dose number two We're about to gain of the Adderall, right here, baby. Yeah, 
and and so we were already like two years into the podcast. We had, I don't know, I think five or six thousand listeners. It was still not a huge number. And uh, and Susan had joined us relatively recently, and we felt like we had finally hit the big time because we had managed to pull in a real guest, like not a friend, not a fellow scholar of the Brookings Institution. Not John Roush. Not John Roush, but a real, you know, celebrity, a, a, a Sunday talk show kind of guest, Senator Chris Coons. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was a big moment for us. I think it. I hope it was fun for Senator Coons. I'm sure as it was well. a very big moment for him. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it came about partly because uh, he had a couple guys on his staff who were early listeners of Rational Security. So this is a shout out to Senator Coons and Tom Mancinelli, who made it all happen for us back in January of 2017, right after Trump took office. You know, that's a good point, too, of there are people out there who have been fans of the show from the beginning and not only like have, you know, been very supportive of us and getting the word out, too, but have also really pressed to get people they know on the show. And we don't do guests very often. That's right. Um, But I want to say that for all those people out there who did listen to the show and pitched us your guests, I mean, we did like look at them or your book authors. Respect respect. for pitching. And just so that you think we didn't turn everybody down because we turned you down, here's the clip of of Chris Coons (laughs) on Rational Security. Uh, well, Shane, thanks for a chance to be on. Uh, and you're right. The democracy article that uh, I published uh, suggesting five different areas where we might find bipartisan progress in uh, foreign policy and national security was initially drafted before the election. Uh, so I had to do some quick uh, revisions. Uh, and at that time, there really was not enough known about uh, what President-elect Trump's actual views on foreign policy would prove out to be. In the course of his campaign, he had certainly said a number of uh, concerning or even alarming things uh, about uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia, about our NATO allies, uh, about the nuclear umbrella and uh, our view of his view, excuse me, of South Korea and Japan. Uh, I could give you a dozen others. Um, And it just wasn't known yet what direction he might take. Um, He's been president now uh, more than two weeks, uh, and I'll say it's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, He has conducted some diplomacy by Twitter and phone call uh, that has uh, created real distance or challenges with some of our allies uh, and has, I think, emboldened some of our adversaries. So it, it's been a, an uncertain two weeks. I mean, he sounds terrified. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, no, I mean, look, we, we were clearly br- intimidated. We by were us. brutal. And, um... <laughs> no, but, I mean, what, to me, one of the things that was so interesting is that, you know, we we had him on to talk about an article he had written, a hopeful article he'd written during the transition between the Obama and Trump administrations about the opportunities for bipartisan foreign policy. Yeah, and that he, didn't work out too he well. He ended up talking to us like two weeks into the Trump administration, and even he had to admit that like maybe that wasn't going as well as he had hoped. I'd forgotten it was that early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's also interesting the fact, the fact that we didn't have more – when we had to, tended to have guests on, they were kind of more from the stable of people that – Mostly were Brookings people, but yeah, also sort analysts. of folks now. Yeah. yeah, or like, you know, other – like Nancy Youssef was on the podcast. And Amanda Sloat came yeah. on a bunch of times. Also in the administration. Basically, if you came on this podcast, you got a job in the administration. Yeah. Pretty much. That's how you got that. That's where they clearly recruited yeah. from. 
Except for Sophia. Yeah, except for her. Although, where's the, where was the Twitter chatter about me getting a job in the administration? You know, there... Why there, couldn't that have been the case? There was, of course, the talk about, you know, you as CIA director. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> It's more likely that, that aliens have visited Earth. Yeah, but. seriously, that would be hilarious. Shane Harris, intrepid journalist, as director think, of the CIA. I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could get a security clearance. I I, I know I couldn't. Get a security <laughs> clearance. <laughs> have you ever knowingly revealed classified information? Many times. <laughs> <laughs> On a day that ended in Y. So my favorite moment, it's hard to pick. It's like picking your favorite child to continue with the child analogy. Not that I have children. Um, but the one that I really – that stands out for me that I loved and that I chose for this uh, was the episode uh, of the Mueller Reports publication. I think we called it It's Mueller Time or It's Finally Mueller Time. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up right here. But I love this episode. Yeah, the Mueller Time edition for many reasons – One of which was, you know, it was this huge moment that, I mean, everybody who listens to the podcast and all of us and everyone who had been covering the Mueller report and the Russia investigation like me had been waiting for. And for me, it wasn't just that I had been waiting for the report to come out. I was waiting even more and was anticipating even more looking forward to the episode of the podcast when the report came out. And it was kind of perfect because if memory serves – it had been out for like five or six days. This often happens where there'll be like a giant news event on a Wednesday afternoon or a yeah. Thursday and we have to wait a week to get around to Which it. Which the technical term in the rational security community for when that happens is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. We totally. don't control the calendar. Totally. Um, but the great thing about that was was that – Everyone had time to read it. I think Susan had read it at least once. You'd read it probably. Or you were still reading it because you were journaling it. Yeah, I I was – I mean I had read it the – you know, in the – journalist way the day it came out. But then I was doing a a deep read of it for purposes of journaling it on Lawfare, which I sort of finished over the – I guess over the like eight to ten days after it came out. And I was reminded of this because you told a story about walking to your gym and you had a copy of the report and a guy was driving by in a truck and he said, hey, is that the Mueller report? (laughs) And you responded, yes. And he goes, most people have read it already. (laughs) (laughs) That that really happened. And it was such a Washington moment. You know, it was a guy in a a pickup truck. It was not a like – but but everyone in Washington no, I was, was being, reading. I was being <laughs> chided by a guy in a pickup truck for not having finished reading the Mueller report. Yet. <laughs> it was awesome, so good. Um, and it was it, it was it was, it was super fun to talk about. It. We devoted the entire episode to it. I think it may be one of the maybe one of one or two times, maybe three that we've ever devoted. An entire episode to one topic. Yes, although it is notable that there's more than one time in the last six and a half yeah. years that have needed that kind That's of That's right. I think we did that for impeachment maybe. Yeah. Something big like that. It was a strong episode and I think you could make the case that it's 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 kind of for moments like this that we formed the podcast in the first place, which was – you know, Ben, I forget the term that you've always used, but like it was like the low tech, high value conversation idea. So yeah, that very, that, very low tech. <laughs> no, that was the original concept of the now defunct Spaghetti on the Wall mm-hmm. Productions. The one product of which that really succeeded was Rational Security. Right. The concept was 
Super high substance, super low production value. Right. <laughs> Boy, we had that for you, um, and it was great. It was just it was it was great to finally get in a room with with the four, all four of us uh, and, and talk about this. And I know for me as a journalist, I've been waiting for that because I wanted to hear what all these people thought about it. Um, it's fun to go back and listen to everyone's kind of takes on Bill Barr and other aspects mm-hmm. of it. Things that I didn't get right. <laughs> <laughs> Susan said this one holds up really well. Susan says, Bill Barr lied. He did not tell the truth. Maybe redundant. He, <laughs> he misrepresented the principal conclusions just to say it three ways, um, which, you know, I think is a take that, you know, people have pretty much agreed with over time. And um, it was also really interesting to go back and listen to parts of that. And Susan in particular talking about the um, the damage that he had done to the Justice Department, the credibility of the department. And now, of course, she's a senior official in said department. So that's kind of an interesting twist of fate. Uh, and, and Tammy, I noted like in yours too, like there was this kind of this, you were just like a very sober analyst of all of this and really questioning like, you know, how much is this really going to change the tone of things and the direction? And like, it's, it's kind of like how we've always approached the news when it breaks, right? Is that we've never, I don't think, I think we've always done a good job about not getting very far ahead of ourselves and about bringing like a heavy dose of skepticism and realism to what we talk about. And and you had that on that report. Thank you. I mean, I I feel like we're here as analysts. We're not here to sort of bring bring people the breaking news, but we're here to put it into context. And I think what I've always valued is that whatever perspective I might bring on the news of the day, I learn from you guys. And so I always come away from recording smarter and more thoughtful than I went in. And I, I hope that's true for listeners also. And speaking of smarter and more thoughtful, Susan's object lesson in that episode. <laughs> what was it? Was it about aliens? Uh-huh, you it see? Was, of course it was. <clears throat> it was a CNN article, which she said she was doing for me because she felt that I might need a little something special after all of the work that I'd been doing that week uh, about how the, the military was going to begin to standardize the reporting on UFOs. I don't think we were even calling them UAPs then. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, it hasn't done that much good if they did standardize because yeah. we still don't have enough data That's to know what these things it, are. It didn't stand up so well. So anyway, uh, and um, Jen, we'll play us a little snippet of that conversation. He is accusing the president of having engaged in conduct in which all the statutory elements of a crime are met, in which Robert Mueller says that there are no legal or constitutional defenses. And you can say that's not accusing someone of the crime and you cannot write that final sentence and therefore the president of the United States committed a crime. But it is the inescapable conclusion of this report. And... We can talk sort of later about uh, Mueller's judgment in in deciding not to actually take that extra step. Um, But I think in some sense, people are overreading what he his decision to not to not accuse the president of the crime because he lays every single piece of it out here. He makes crystal clear where his mind is headed. He says, I can't charge the president with a crime and therefore not being able to charge him with it, I can't accuse him of, the, of a crime. If I could exonerate him, I would, and I'm not doing that. And um, that is tiptoeing right, right up to the line of saying the president of the United States has obstructed justice. All right. Yeah, those were good times. Uh, ben, what was your favorite moment? So I don't know if this is my favorite moment, to be honest, but it is. Um, <laughs> you had one there assignment. Was, there it, were so many. No, it is. 
It is the moment that I stumbled upon in looking through the archive that I fell in love with today and uh, felt was important to share. And a lot of the reason for that is actually Susan. So uh, this was a day on which uh, my beloved wife, Tamara, was actually uh, gone. Which but, happened quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, you know, guys. overseas travel schedule and all that. But Jonathan Rausch was sitting in, and it happened to be the episode in immediately following when the FBI director confirmed the existence of the Russia investigation. And so I listened to it because uh, I thought, you know, all right, this was the first time there was actually a Russia investigation that we could actually talk about. We had hypothesized the existence of the Russia investigation for some time beforehand. And actually, when Shane introduced the subject, he said, to nobody's surprise, the FBI director confirmed. We actually had a little exchange about whether it was surprising that Comey had done that, which uh, here's what it sounded like. That is a very substantial moment. And I'm actually surprised that Comey said it. I mean, you said surprising to no one. Actually, one person. What did you expect he would say? I really expected him to beat around that particular bush, maybe to acknowledge that there were active investigations that he didn't want to. uh, But he didn't just say that there was an active investigation. He spelled out that it was a, a, a foreign counterintelligence investigation that had criminal elements. He specified three discrete areas of substantive interest, and he specifically named, identified the cabal, I use that in its most neutral sense, <laughs> around uh, uh, the- it's a horribly uh, neutral word. Around Donald Trump as, uh, you know, the subject matter of the investi- of, of one component or two components of that investigation. That is a very big decision by the Justice Department to let him do that. And it is a big decision by the FBI to do it. And I think having a moment where the camera points at the FBI director and the F with, you know, all the trappings of a congressional hearing going on and the FBI director says those things is a very big deal. But then uh, the thing that made me fall in love with this episode was uh, when Jonathan Rausch asked me why Comey did this if it was actually surprising and atypical. And I said that this was a man with basically no subtext, and so you should just take at face value what he said, uh, his reasons was. And Susan responded as follows. So I think that, one, we should create a line of subtextless like, greeting cards, Jim Comey greeting cards that just say exactly what they mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, you know... <laughs> I'm I'm feel obligated to acknowledge the day of your right. birth each year. I, I I like you enough to send a card. <laughs> you were worth thirty two cents of my time. Yeah, I couldn't time think of money. a gift, so I sent this card. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> sort of Br- Comey branded. Exactly. Well, we can monetize this. There's a Walmart. lot. There's a lot. That here. would be wonderful. So I don't know that it's my favorite episode of Rational Security ever. But I do think it captures something wonderful about the show, which is 
just the willingness to mingle really high substance material with flights of fancy and the kind of improvisational nature of the show. Literally nothing is scripted on this show. Everything was always just four friends sitting around and shooting the shit, sometimes lubricated by some scotch, sometimes not. Oh, speaking of which. (laughs) (laughs) This is for me. This is for Shane. Thank you. And, you know, I think there, this is a good example of that. And, and it's something, it's the thing about the show that's, you know, really different from the Lawfare podcast. It's really different from a lot of other podcasts that are out there. Just that, you know, we do, you know, kind of go where, where the conversation takes us. And I, I think that's a, a, a neat thing. I do too. <clears throat> I know from hearing from listeners and, and friends who've listened to the podcast too that it's something that they appreciate. And one reason I love that as well, in addition to it makes for really, I think, entertaining conversation for the listener is, you know, people know I have a background in theater. And, you know, I did sketch comedy in college, which is quite different from doing improv. What you're talking about, what Ben's describing is improv. It's not scripted. And the only way that that really works is when you trust the people who you're working with. And you know that they're going to be able to give you something that you can play off and that you can give something back to them that they can play off. And, you know, we're kind of patting ourselves on the back a little bit in this segment, and that's good. But, like, it really is a testament to how much everybody is really listening and paying attention and invested in doing this. And I think that ultimately is to the benefit of the listeners because, you know, they get to hear us, yes, having a great conversation, but everybody comes ready to do it. And, um, you know, it's great fun for us. And, you know, it's another reason why I frankly had concerns that, you know, when it, you know, when we knew that tomorrow and Susan were leaving, it's like trying to rebuild that is really hard. So for really those people, yeah. So for people out there who are thinking, you know, oh, come on, just get some more panelists or keep going. Just remember, there's a risk that it might still be good, but it won't be the same. And I think that's just maybe a risk that we weren't really willing to take. So maybe that's a way of also explaining this and making it a little bit easier for some people who I know are super disappointed. And we're going to hear from some of those in a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, if we'd kept going, you would have hated it. (laughs) Um, All right. For our next segment, we're going to hear from friends and family, friends from afar. We have a very special message from somebody who you are used to hearing every week. You don't necessarily hear her words, but you hear her music. Uh, And occasionally you have heard her words when she's been a guest. So here from afar is a message from the one and only Sophia Yan. Take it away, Sophia. To the Ratsec community, thank you for listening week after week. I am humbled to have brought a little tango music from my piano into your kitchens, living rooms, commutes, and runs. A bit of fun to sandwich the incredible discussions that Shane, Susan, Ben, and Tammy have had on each episode. Sometimes they've even invited me on trips home to chat with them in the studio in my other capacity as a journalist for The Telegraph covering China. As many of you know, I'm based in Beijing and have been stranded here as much of the world shut down with COVID. So it has been a delight to get emails and tweets from all of you, a wonderful community about everything from your own musical endeavors to questions about other recordings. I'm sad this chapter is drawing to a close, but of course none of the RATSEC team is one to sit around doing nothing at all, so I imagine more will be coming your way. So goodbye for now, but of course the conversation, the music, the whiskey, especially if Ben is involved, isn't going to stop flowing. Cheers. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, aw. <clears throat> Thanks, aw. Sophia. We miss you. We miss you, too. So, I just want to say this portrayal of me as a lush. Um, <laughs> 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 it's... Uh, uh, Delightful. Adorable. Well, I, I also have to say, like, every good show has a little bit of a shtick. Our little shtick was that we needed scotch to deal with the national security news, and especially the Trump administration. But the fact is that we all do like a good cocktail. It's true. And that over the years, the fact that listeners were awesome enough to send us bottles of great liquor, thank you, guys. Yeah. yeah. You and, really, truly did keep and, us yes. going. And I do want to say that... I've said this before on the show, but the whoever the person was who sent the mysterious bottle of scotch to Rational Security Care of Brookings around the turn of the year, who has still never identified him or herself, thank you. And to everyone who has sent us scotch over the years, thank you. That That was a particularly needless generosity. Um, Tammy mentioned shtick. And of course, Sophia Yam plays us out. Every week, and my shtick is always a band name, and then you know, finding out whether or not Sophia would actually play with said band. Um, so we talked about doing a top ten band names list. Uh-huh. I realized I don't know that we ever captured all of them. Come on, man, this is a <clears throat> cop out. I know. I really, I, it, but I, I, I was trying to think of like really great ones that I remembered. It was hard in the beginning, so it changed. First off, I don't remember how it started. Oh, I, I mean, I think the I, I have no memory of how it started, but. I, I know not my specific favorite band name, but I know my favorite category of band name. Okay. And there was one category that you, you, you went back to as a well you would draw on repeatedly, which is, you know, sort of Mitch McConnell or some <laughs> senior Republican legislator and the blanks um, singing – uh, some song that they would be really improbable to be singing. Yeah, those are or, good. Or and like I, a fifties ballad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember, like, they started. I think they started with actual band names, and they were puns. Yes. And it, and it was often something that we had said during the show that somebody had a particularly good one-liner or succinct description, and then I would appropriate it for the band name. But why it is why it is the case that there's something genuinely funny about the idea of. Senate Republicans or Mitch McConnell in particular singing in a band, I I leave to the listener's imagination, except to say that that was a like a particularly fruitful well for you to draw on over time. Yeah. You know, if we were still doing the podcast, I would just go back to that well. 
Yeah. Over because now it's just song names. That, yeah, that that for listeners who you know miss miss that shtick of Shane's. If you want to just tweet band names at Shane every week, sure, go for that'd it. be good. Yeah, or somebody out there will probably go through all six hundred and eighty six episodes or whatever and find all the band names. <laughs> yeah, just as some amazingly talented and bored listener put every episode into imdb.com. Thank that you. was yeah. amazing. And and I just want to say, if you're the person who did that. <laughs> you really deserve a big hug yeah. because oh that is awesome. And uh, we're going to just see how long it takes INDP to notice it <laughs> and take it down because um, uh, we think you're beautiful. I love it. That's like, I think, I feel like, well, weirdly, IMDb does um, TV hit appearances too. So oh. I'm in there for some of that. But my favorite IMDb reference, I wonder if it's actually in there. I don't know if I've ever told this story. That when I was a sophomore in college, I did an internship and was like the assistant film editor for six weeks on this terrible movie sequel. <laughs> really? Yes. Excellent. Like Sharknado level terrible? Not that bad. But do you guys remember this movie called A Kid in King Arthur's Court? Yes. Right? So I w- I helped edit this sequel. There was sequel. a sequel? Yes. It was called A Kid in Aladdin's Palace. <laughs> oh, get out. I am highly confident that if we went back to this movie now – there are parts of it that would be canceled. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was so dumb. This movie was so stupid. That said, I swear to God, to this day, I learned so much about storytelling in that episode, in that in that internship. Like life skills, formative career skills from editing this very, very bad film, which was the only other reason I was in IMDb until this podcast. So I'm very grateful to whoever is out there that uh, rescued me from that one bit of notoriety. More scotch for Tamara. (laughs) Uh, All right. We're now going to hear from some fans. We're going to read some listener comments. We got a lot of responses, as you might imagine, to the announcement that we were leaving um, there were folks who tweeted at us. There were folks who sent us uh, emails directly. I got to say, I don't think any of them were negative. They were all very positive. And maybe there were some negative ones in there like, thank God, why aren't you off the air sooner? But I may have skipped over those. <laughs> uh, but Tammy, do you want to read some? Okay. So I, I think this is <laughs> this is a message that came in through the Brookings website from Noah Bratcher. It just said, subject line, sad. Aww. I woke up this morning at 7 a.m. and listened to Rational Security. I usually listen on Wednesday evenings, but last night I went to see a stranded quartet performance. I think that must have been a string quartet performance. So I couldn't listen as soon as the new episode was available. When I got to the object lesson, I was overwhelmed with sadness. The bright beam of happiness that enters my life every Wednesday has been extinguished. My favorite podcast has two weeks left to live. Complete and utter sadness. Why? The podcast has not run its course. The podcast should continue. Oh, well, maybe I'll just stop listening to podcasts altogether. Nothing could ever compare. Perhaps I will enter podcast celibacy. I will become a podcast monk. (laughs) A hermit in a cave. Without my AirPods, sadly yours, Noah. Oh, that would be sad to be without your AirPods. Oh, but Noah, I I have faith that you will heal and you will listen again. But thank you so much for your listener loyalty. Do you want to read some, Ben? 
I have one from Perry who writes. Perry was a big fan. Oh, yes. Yeah, she was a uh, very loyal fan. Frequent, uh, frequent correspondent. Uh, he writes a note to say how important RS has been to me. My civics knowledge was sorely lacking. I was starting from scratch. RS gave me the following. One, an understanding of what it means to know a topic. It wasn't just the insights. It was the knowledge of the people, government, the politics, the law, the constitution, the history, the journalism, the precedents, the implications, on and on. It was showing what it means to learn new things as you discover new facts and how you let those facts take you to new and different questions. It's like you all deflated ego. As the Talmud said, a strong man is a person who has conquered his nature. You all have this quality. Two, you gave me the experience of listening to people who didn't know the things you taught me. I would wonder why they weren't listening to you. Three, it was interesting to see how much work is involved in knowing things. If not for you, I would not have read the Mueller report and know long before others how Barr distorted things and how sideways that effort went. For me, that was a Herculean task. All of you do that work on a daily basis. Special thanks to Ben for being kind to my inquiries and emails and for his encyclopedic knowledge and exquisite way of speaking. You're very kind. To Shane, besides being where things happened and discovered things unknown, who, along with his husband, Joe, inspired my marriage. I'm grateful. To Tamara for showing how it is possible to understand inscrutable Middle Eastern politics, know multiple languages, and be a clearly warm individual with a big heart. Her beautiful laugh really helped sustain me. Aw, thanks, Perry. And to Susan, who showed the value of knowledge acquired through experience. Also, thanks to Susan, who helped me realize it wasn't me who was insane during Trump's reign of terror. I deeply appreciated her mildly apoplectic astonishment at how bad things were. She is the standard bearer of not allowing crazy things to be normalized. And for the extra esteem that was born of the criticism from the Wall Street Journal's editorial board, it proved that she isn't only brilliant but effective, the one thing authoritarians cannot abide. There you, there you go. There you go. Um, <clears throat> the Twitter reaction was uh, was similar. Lots of thanks. Lots of crying emojis. A, a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, it was a little more. It was a more lighthearted. So um, um, uh, Dario tweeted a gif of Donald Trump saying, "It's very sad." <laughs> <laughs> of course, it is. Uh, bad horse or bat, at bad horse OC tweeted a screenshot. <laughs> I think this is from that horrible from one of the prequels of. Uh, Star Wars with Darth Vader screaming, no. <laughs> God, that movie was so bad. Uh, the Fifth Business, uh, Jupiter Watchman tweets, at least we finally found out about the UFOs. Thank you. Seriously, we would have kept going yep. if it was just me in a room until we got that goddamn report. We no, would have done okay. it. Bl- blame the report for the end of rational security. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, Trudy Carlson, at Trudy Carlson, says, you all were a lifeline during La Ferrousse. I'm so grateful. Good luck going forward. Mamadura tweets, this is actually a lot of people says, no, my early morning Thursday PST NatSec snark info. (laughs) 
glad we could fill that niche. Yeah, yeah. Matt Sex Snark Info was a category that people clearly really like. Thanks for the great content and good luck in the future to the whole bunch. Uh, more crying emojis. There's one that looks like if somebody eating ice cream, like picking out an ice cream. I can't tell. It's an SNL host, I'm sure. Um, the Cyberwire tweets a great show. We'll miss it. Congratulations on a six year, an incredible six year run. I'm going to miss this show. It says Beef Hard Cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always have my RS Rocks glasses, though. Can I just say break to out. Beef Hard Cake, uh, that is an excellent Twitter handle. It's an excellent Twitter Indeed. handle. And thanks for these rock glasses and to my husband, Joe DeFeo, for the logo. Awesome. That yes. Logo. That's when we got super professional, you guys. We got good logos and good mics. We were off to the races. Yep. Oh, can good. I read one more tweet? Um, yeah. You can. I also just got a text that... Uh, oh, yeah. We got to share that text. Um, so yeah. Gavin Werbeloff mm-hmm. said, pretty soon, rational security is just going to be Benjamin Wittes sitting alone, <laughs> pontificating in a dog t-shirt. <laughs> just... I love Gavin so hold, much. Hold, hold that thought till next <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, let me read one more DM, then you can read the text that I think we all just got. Um, did we all just get the sex at the same yes, time? Yes, we okay. did. Uh, I'm not going to read this person's name only because I wasn't at liberty and it was a private But it DM. was a text. Let's just say not a tweet. Uh, the one that we're just about to read? Yeah. It's, yeah. A, t- it's a, text a text from message. somebody we know. But I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this real quick. On the off chance this DM will make it to you, I just wanted to give you a sincere thank you to everyone at the Rational Security Podcast. Simply put, I wish I'd had a podcast like yours earlier in life. When you all started, I was mulling over a big life decision of my own, and finding your podcast was, no exaggeration, one of the things that pushed me over the edge. You all reminded me it was okay to be passionate about wonky stuff and that there was a place for it in the world, which I had unfortunately forgotten. I joined the Army in 2016 at 34 and have loved every moment as I've been able to pursue my passion through psychological operations, meaning he's in PSYOPs. You all have been a constant throughout, and I'd be looking for, I've been looking for an excuse to tell you. So while it's a bittersweet occasion to do so, I had to make a moment to say thank you. That was not the message that I thought we were, no. were reading. Now we're reading the actual text we just got. The text we just got from an unnamed person saying – An unnamed U.S. government official. Yeah. A, a certain U.S. government official says, love you three so much. So grateful you let me be a part of it. Onward, heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. Uh, we love you too, unnamed uh, deep state operative. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't wait to drink scotch with you soon. Are we really keeping that anonymous? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, fine. You it's can... a, it's a funimus. <laughs> Super hard to figure out who that was. <laughs> Uh, all right. So those were our listener comments. And I just I genuinely want to just take a moment to say, again, we've said this before, but these comments really do reflect we have the best fans. The fans for me have been the best part about doing this. I mean, in addition to being with my friends every week and getting to talk about stuff that we all love, the community of people who are out there, it's not just that it's passionate and it's active, it's consistent. I mean, you hear we hear from people all the time who've been listening to this show for years and who were there from the very beginning uh, and have been through all of it with us. And for a lot of people, this podcast was clearly – it was like a weekly check-in. It was kind of a sort of haven in the storm during some very uncertain times. And I'm just extremely grateful for that. There's a real element of listener service that comes from doing something like this. And you guys let us know that. You were always – 
reaching out to us to tell us what you liked, often what you didn't like, by the way, which in the beginning often used to be about sound quality. Um, but you really spurred us to do more and to do better and to uh, be a reminder of who we were doing this for. And so thank you. This this would not have been this experience without you. We depend on our audience. We love knowing people are listening and that the numbers have grown over time. Um, we have a lot of fun sitting here doing this in a room, but we also know you're all out there listening. And that is something that uh, I know we are all deeply grateful for. Without you, there really is no show. Here, here. So, um, all right. We're going to do one last object lessons. One more time. Who wants to go first? Ben, you go first. Well, I don't think you all would have too much trouble thinking about what my object lesson was going to be. But that said, um, you know, one thing that we have never done is paid anybody to be on the show. <laughs> it, it has been a labor of love for all concerned. And so I thought the very least I could do is as a goodbye gift, Shane, give him a nice bottle of scotch. And so um, I ordered on Drizzly this morning because because <laughs> that's the last minute kind of guy that I am. Hey man, it all counts. A very nice fifteen year uh, cask, a sherry cask of Balvenie, and uh, Shane. Uh, when you drink it, think of the shows that we're not doing. The, uh, the think of all the extra time you have yeah, every the ex- week. The extra hour and a half you have in your day. I, I um, want I want everybody to know that Shane is the one who's been doing the heavy lifting this yeah. whole time. We show up. Shane actually prepares the show, and and you know showing up is a generous word for what I do because <laughs> there's a, like usually an email chain that goes back and forth about what we're going to be covering, and as people who've tried to correspond with me know, I don't really answer my email. It's a lot of I've, times where I'm like, we covered this in the email an hour ago. Yeah, uh, I don't really do the whole email thing, and so you know, thank you, Shane, for uh, uh, having this. Uh, this uh, very fun little adventure with us. Well, thank you for going on it with me. And thank you for this uh, wonderful scotch, which I will drink. Uh, maybe I'll drink it, uh, you know, when I'm interviewing people for this new thing that we're going to be doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can carry the scotch tradition. Okay. So I'm going to go next with my object lesson. I hold in my hands. It's not the original, but it is very close. <laughs> this, is a, this is a Zoom recorder. This looks like a gigantic tape recorder no no like, you know what it looks like star trek communicator device it looks like a star trek tricorder what mccoy would use to tell if a planet was um capable of sustaining yes. human life like, <laughs> this is what we originally recorded the podcast on for like a year yeah, yeah. at least basically we all got around this like quasi multi-dimensional multi-dimensional <laughs> and that would be awesome multi-directional uh tape recorder and just recorded a podcast on it and then uploaded it this was like the lowest of low tech this is like a field recording device high high substance low low production values <laughs> Ben's in there proving the theory of the case for me it just kind of it just sums up a lot about you know, where we've come from, where we went. But also the whole notion of this when we started, as Ben has just put it, was, you know, screw it. Let's just get out there and do this. Like, let's not overthink this. You know, we think we have something to say. We think we could have a lot of fun. 
And that's basically been the guiding principle of this whole podcast. You know, we, 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 we don't overthink it. We try to be as spontaneous as possible. Thankfully, we've actually come quite a ways up in the world. And like we're going out here on this last episode of this beautiful professional studio that's custom made for doing things like this. Um, it's also, by the way, a commentary on how far podcasts have come in the past six years, because in early days of podcasting, it was kind of like rough and ready stuff like this. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a nice pair of bookends here. So thank you to the handy, trusty Zoom recorder. Okay. Well, Shane's, Shane's object was about where we started. And just like all of you, we've spent the last year and a half isolated in recording in our bedrooms, in our closets, um, in all kinds of odd places. And one of the things that has really been at the heart of the show is the camaraderie amongst us. And it took a while for us to figure out how to do that when we weren't physically in the same space. And so we were determined to come back together for today's final episode. And, you know, I think for for many, many people, the experience which we've had over the last months of finally seeing people that we love that we haven't seen in person in a really long time and how joyful it is and how much energy it brings you, even if you're a completely introverted person. And so for me, this is this is a, an occasion of bittersweet sadness, but it's also just super exciting to be in a room with you. And so I insisted that we memorialize that with a picture of the three of us in this awesome Goat Radio studio with our scotch and our rational security rocks glasses in hand. So cheers here, to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to and group photos. <laughs> we're nothing. <laughs> we're toasting Ian through the glass. I like. There you go. This is the most sound effects heavy episode we've ever had, you guys. <laughs> oh, it's so good. These we're are s- not sound effects. These are actually the sounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're like a foley artist. Yeah. Except yeah. you're doing. You're you're making the actual sound. It's not like you know hitting a melon to simulate like bashing somebody on yeah. the head or something. Um, so what's everyone going to do with their Wednesdays at one o'clock now? I, I don't know. I mean, you'll be off saving the world. Yeah, well, at first I'll be memorizing briefing books and then I'll be um I'll be in murder boards preparing for my hearing. And then maybe I'll, if I'm lucky, I'll get a chance to save the world. And I look forward to that. I did like that in the administration's intention to nominate announcement, Rational Security was one of your highest credentials in the top of the release. I just want to say <laughs> if Rational Security listeners have not seen the announcement of 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 tomorrow's uh, nomination or intent to nominate. This is official White House recognition of rational security. Just in time for it to Just disappear. in time for it to end. <laughs> what will you be doing with your uh, I Wednesdays don't know. at one o'clock? I thought about this and I'm not really sure. I mean, I tend to be, I'm, so listeners maybe don't know this, but um, I am like highly, highly scheduled. Um, I became a big believer, particularly in the pandemic, in um, uh, scheduling events and lists. And so I, my days kind of move in these blocks and uh, the one o'clock was the beginning of like the third block in my day. Um, so now like the beginning of that block is free and it's like, I don't know. Should I just like use it the way I would any other Cannot day? Cannot live without structure. Give me structure. <laughs> must have structure. Must have structure so I can break it. <laughs> um, but I think also what I'll be doing is, uh, you know, recording some more podcasts. We have this uh, – you know, thing that we're going to hopefully kick off at the uh, after the summer is over. That uh, we're I mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago when we announced that we were leaving. But 
I want to start basically bringing to life some of my favorite object lessons and interviewing people like artists and writers and filmmakers who sit at the intersection of culture and national security. So that'll be fun. You know, maybe I'll come host a Lawfare podcast once in a while. Maybe I'll just work in my garden at one o'clock on Wednesdays. You are welcome anytime on the Lawfare podcast. I'll take you up on it. Um, how are you going to spend it? Well, I got to figure out what to do with this podcast feed because we've got, you know, 25,000 people who are downloading Rational Security every week and we don't really want to let them just kind of drift off into space. So, you know, I was thinking of of thinking about what we can do with this space and, you know, stay tuned on that front. Don't delete Rational Security from your podcast feeds. We will we will be back in some 2.0 or renamed or whatever form as soon as we, you know, kind of figure out what we're going to do. All right. So watch this space. It's kind of like, you know, like a uh, a storefront that goes dormant for a while, but then you never know what comes back. It's a pop-up. It's a pop-up. <laughs> Are you ready? But until that time, you guys, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. And all week's episodes. And all week's episodes. <laughs> Rational Security is, of course, a production of Lawfare. You can find our show page at lawfareblog.com where you can find all of the episodes that we talked about today. I feel like I need to inter- interrupt you during the credits like extra often because <laughs> it's the last time. Sure, that's fine. All right. Yeah, I'm sure no one will mind You can find to that. Um, Kleenex and Hankies. Another thing is to blow your nose and wipe your uh, tears. Low, low quality. Show very uh, sad. You, 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 you usually do better Dot than low. that, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I mean, All right. Well, I guess you can find like custom scotch that Ben's going to be making at yes, his 1 o'clock hour now. you can find rationally, rational security branded scotch at thelawfarestore.com. See, now we know what you're going to be doing with your time. Very of you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's very sad. You hate to see it. So sad. (laughs) It might take you longer to make scotch than it takes you to prepare for this podcast every Mm -hmm, week. mm -hmm. If the scotch is going to be drinkable. If it's going to be aged, then definitely. Oh, you can still follow us on Twitter at RATL Security. I'm not sure what's going to be going on there, but that's not a bad place to go to see for what might come next in this particular space. Mm-hmm. In this particular field. Whatever it is, we will announce it on Lawfare, and we will maybe throw in little things on this feed just to keep your ears warm. It'd be kind of fun. Maybe you could post a version of like Beast of the Day on the Irrational Security the, Twitter feed. The Beast of the Day, you know, is more visual than I audio. See. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I meant like on the Twitter feed. Yeah. Yeah. But like, oh, maybe you could you could just do Beast sounds on this Twitter. <laughs> That's it. Tune in every, every Wednesday oh, for a yeah. new animal noise. See if you can identify the animal. <laughs> Some people might say it's an improvement. <laughs> oh, my God. We're still going to be on Facebook. I don't know. I think we're just going to leave it there. Forever. Forever. Like one of those mummies in Mexico. Like those, like this, yeah, or like, like, a, like an ossuary. Yes, Facebook Yes, pages. exactly. We'll still be there. Facebook. Yeah, who knows? You can we'll still tell us happy birthday every year. Exactly. You can do that totally. Um, usually I say when you download the podcast, please be sure to leave a rating and review. You can keep doing that. No, but we don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can give us a negative review now. No. For Tank the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Make it retrospectively like, God, did you know there was this podcast on 10 and years ago that was sucked. the worst rated podcast ever? <laughs> and weirdly, it had this cult following. Yeah. Oh, it was the God. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes podcast. <laughs> totally, totally. 
Our audio engineer this week was the intrepid Ian Enright of Goat Rodeo. Thank you, Ian, for everything and for hosting us in your awesome space. Our producer and editor is, as always, Jen Patia Howell. Music this week by me. Um, I can't sing. I wish I could. And if I could, I would sing one more for my baby and one more for the road. Oh, here, Not here. will meet again, don't know where, don't know when. <laughs> no, that's your song. Oh, Send okay. in the clowns. For always, yes. <laughs> that's your song for always, too. And Sophia Yam will gladly, gladly accompany us on that. On behalf of my good friends, Tamar Kaufman-Wittis and Ben Wittis, I'm Shane Harris. Thank you all so much. It's been real. We'll see you around. Bye-bye. <laughs>